Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a 7 West Media podcast. It was at least three years where we were still looking for the cure, you know, and, uh, and then gradually... You realise that it, you know, it is. There's no cure. Autism's forever. And this week we're covering a really important subject that I've had the privilege of talking about in my TV work, both here in Australia and abroad. For part one of this episode, we talk to a fantastic dad about his journey with his son Fred into the unique and unpredictable world of autism. I'm Alex Cullen. Welcome to Being Dad. years ago, I had the good fortune of covering a story with retired dual international footy legend Matt Rogers and his autistic son, Max. It was an incredible story that really stayed with me and I was so moved by it that I decided to do a deep dive into how autism impacts on fathers. Now, I know that an autistic child affects everyone in the family, but I want to focus particularly on dads, how they handle it how it affects their relationships within the family and, of course, with those around them, and really the effect that learning that your child is autistic has on dad. Now, I know statistics, I have real trouble with that word, statistics are quite boring, but it's really worth covering a few of these off because it gives you some idea of how big this topic really is. So here we go. These are according to the US-based Centers for Disease Control. Now, and it's important to note that autism is not a disease, it's a condition. So one child in 59 children diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. That's one child in 59 diagnosed. Wow. So one in 37 are boys and one in 151 are girls, which means that boys are four times more likely to be diagnosed with autism than girls. This next one I found quite scary, which is that most children are being diagnosed after age four, though autism can be reliably diagnosed as early as two. And the earlier you detect it, the best chance you have of improving the condition. 31% of children with autism have an intellectual disability. Autism affects people from all walks of life, every ethnic and socioeconomic group. Also, there's no medical detection for autism. There you go. Research tells us that genetics, genetics are involved in the vast majority of cases. Children born to older parents are at a higher risk of having autism. Parents who have a child with autism have a 2 to 18% chance of having a second child who is also affected. So a small chance, but a chance all the same. Uh, studies have shown that among identical twins, I'm listening to this one, if one child has autism, the other will be affected about 36 to 95% of the time. That's, that's quite the, the, the wide band, isn't it? Um, and if in non-identical twins... 
If one child has autism, then the other is affected about 31% of the time. And of course, we will be talking about any link between childhood vaccinations and autism. And I'll tell you right now, the results of 20 years of extensive research has concluded that vaccines do not cause autism. That's right. That research has found that vaccines do not cause autism, but we will talk about it, don't worry. Um, Also, there's a debate going on about whether there's been a sharp increase in the incidence of autism or whether we've just got better at diagnosing it. And in this age of instant information, I suppose we are just hearing more about it. So from that, I think we can safely say that this is a massive, massive subject. I spoke to a dad with a 21-year-old autistic son, Fred, and to one of the foremost authorities on Asperger's syndrome, Asperger's, however you want to say it, a condition on the autism spectrum. Now, Jake and I sat in the edit listening to what we had from both of these guys and decided that we needed to play these chats out pretty much in full. There is just so much great stuff in here. So this week's show is in two parts which you will see in your feed right now. In part two, you'll hear from one of the gurus on this subject. He is uh, a legend of a guy, and I really enjoyed chatting to him. His name's Professor Tony Atwood. He's an amazing psychologist who's been working with autistic children since the 1970s and is now widely regarded as the go-to person if your child is diagnosed with autism. But first, Murray Jones is a successful businessman in Queensland who, with his wife Pam and two daughters, Bridget and Hayley, have had to live with their son Frederick's autism. As you'll hear, it's been a really tough journey. And I think you'll really sympathise with Murray and what he's going through. I chatted to Murray, who was in Brisbane via Zoom. It's this online video conferencing program. Here he is. Um, Thanks for doing this, mate. No, pleasure. Really appreciate it. It's a very important topic. Um, And we're here to talk about Fred. Fred, yeah, yeah. Tell me about him. Where do you start with Fred, mate? (laughs) uh, Fred's uh, 21. Yeah. And um, he's um, he's, uh, still, he's he's a a bit of a genius, really, Fred. Mm. Highly creative, um, spends his time uh, you know doing draw you know drawing endless sort of drawing um you know running around the house playing music he's, he's still like a bit like a 21 year old toddler to be honest but he's um yeah. we've got to keep an eye on him but yeah no he's uh, no he's a legend Alfred. he's um oh. uh, very um very gentle soul you know mm-hmm. if they're you know if they're um if the world was full of freds mate it'd be a, a lot uh, kinder world that's for sure you know so oh, sounds like a great yeah, kid no he's amazing so yeah. um and let's go back. Let's go right back, Murray. When did you sort of suspect things weren't quite right? Uh, probably around eighteen months. You know, up until then, he was, um, you know, he seemed to be hitting all the, oh, well, most of the milestones. You know, he'd um, mm. he was still um, he, he still hadn't got up and started walking around, but he was a you know super fast crawler. You know, I mean, I suppose in, in hindsight he wasn't really, but we in our head we thought because he was our first child, you know, we've got two daughters as well, yeah, um, probably about 18 months old, you know, we just realised he wasn't 
wasn't quite there. Right. And so was it just him not, not doing those Oh, I just, uh, well, you know, still not, the main thing was he wasn't communicating, he wasn't talking. He was also like, really liked his own company. Like he didn't, you know, didn't interact with, um, you know, the kids very much at all. Um, yeah. And so for a while we kind of ignored that kind of, and, you know, he didn't sort of sit there and do nothing. I remember he, he had a, a set of blocks and he used to build these amazing intricate skyscrapers that, you know, wonder how they didn't topple over and he'd, and he'd He'd absorb, absorb himself in that sort of stuff and didn't really interact with, you know, with people really. So that was that was the thing. And, and also, as I said, he he's, um, wasn't able to talk or communicate. So, Yeah. And was he making eye contact as well? Was he? No, uh, his, eye, con- his eye, eye contact up until he was 18 months old was, um, we thought, was, was really good. Um, yeah. And look, you know, it's a whole other topic, but, um, yeah, that um, measles, mumps, rubella, you know, I don't know if you've read much about that, the controversy around the MMR, um, yeah, and whether or not that's a you know has a is a major sort of causal effect on you know, the massive increase in autism. Right. Um, so, look, I suppose in our view, you know, um, yeah, uh, soon after that injection, you, you know, he seemed to be a different kid, or maybe we just noticed noticing things. I mean, it's, that's where the controversy is. They're saying that. Um, because autism is more prevalent in males, um, mm-hmm. and they're saying at around that eighteen month, two years is normally where you can um, um, sort of really notice that they're not hitting the milestone. So you know it could be a coincidence that that's about the age they have the MMR. So anyway, it's a whole other topic. But anyway, that was the age, and and that's when we started to um, say, well, maybe we should you know start to get some um, you know some expert opinion on it what did you do yeah did you did you take him in somewhere to do you take him to a doctor it's pretty difficult because there's no clear path to take but yeah we obviously started the gp and the mm. gp really had no idea and ended up with a you know over a period of sort of six months six to twelve months a whole range of you know seeing a whole range of specialists and um poor old fred had to sit through endless tests and you know observation exercises and pretty full-on how are you dealing with that, Murray? How are you dealing with all that? Um, oh, mate, it's not the journey that you expect to take, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And you hope, you know, you just, I suppose, you know, I was hoping that there wouldn't, that, that you know, the obvious thing is you're sort of hoping they wouldn't find out, they wouldn't find anything was actually, you know, inverted commas wrong with him. Um, and then that he was just a late developer and don't worry, you know, keep doing what you're doing and he'll be fine. But, um so that's the hope, but um, you know, I guess in the back of my mind, I knew instinctively, sort of knew there was something wrong. You know? And so, tell me, and tell me, like about the the, the confirmation. I mean, how was that? Oh, that, yeah, that was yeah, that was a body blow for sure. I, you know, I can really, mm. I can distinctly remember when he when that was that sort of body blow was dealt. Child psychologist in mm. uh, South Yarra, and um, yeah, we walked out on into um, uh, Turak Road or wherever it was, and um, suddenly. You're out in the street. You've been delivered this news, and um, frozen moment in time, Alex, because mm. there's the, um, I suppose, the verdict. You know, your son's got autism, and um, back then, I think it's a, still it's still tough for people, but it's a bit easier. There, you know, it is more prevalent, and there are um, more sort of pathways that people can, you know, be steered towards. But we, yeah, yeah. there was nothing. Sort of like, you know, you know what the fuck do we do, really? Um, you know, where do you go from here? Yeah. That's that's a. I mean, yeah. I think every every day mm. I ask that question, yeah. don't I? 
when they when yeah. they're given this news. Yeah, that was you know we, you know what do we anyway? I mean you know luckily um, there is um, uh, and it's funny I listened to your podcast on divorce and separation, but there's a very high incidence um, of um, you know divorce or separation you know, in this in- instance. So. Yeah. Luckily, you know, we've got a strong relationship and, um, you know, Pam, Pam, my wife's very uh, strong sort of, you know, pragmatic person, you know, so, mm. um, you know, luckily she didn't just buckle and she was bawling her eyes out when we walked out of that, you know, and I was as well out of that, um, you know, out of that meeting. But um, we just sort of uh, said, well, you just got to, um, and I'm fairly, you know, pragmatic as well. We just went, well, what do we do? We just got to find a way. And, and that's when the journey started really from that moment on it was pretty full-on because i'll bet and the natural yeah. the natural sort of thing is um and i suppose maybe it's a bloke thing but you know pam was the same you know you, you were frantically searching for a cure thinking there was a cure you know there's got to be you got to be able to fix this you know there must be a way to yeah. fix it so if we go to another you know if we find the next specialist and and mate, we've you know we've been down so many roads and hit lots and lots of dead ends mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. And then you find a bit of light and, you know, you go, okay, we can keep going down this path. And, you know, we had, um, um, by the time he was, um, so by, when he was diagnosed, he was just over two. And um, by the time he was, um, within a month or two, we had him in a early intervention. So he was, he was less than two and a half and he's going to a, a um, sort of a special, you know, school. Um, and then uh, and we had um, there's a, a thing called applied behaviour analysis. Um, which is, you know, we had a lot, we had a young lady coming in 30 hours a week into our house, um, trying to just going through this process of sort of rote learning, you know. Um, and has that helped? Oh, look, you know, I think it's hard. You know, again, we were hoping for that breakthrough, hoping for that cure. You know, if we do enough of this applied behaviour analysis, he's going to be okay. If we, you know, if we, yeah. if we do, you know, if we put him on Pam, Pam's got lever arch files full of, all the um, different, um, you know, the amount of stuff we've done in terms of his diet and his, um, you know, there's a whole theory around leaky gut, so, you know, he's been, you know gluten intolerance and you know, all that sort of stuff. So you go down the nutrition side of it and then you've done sort of all sorts of exercise therapies and, you know, seen, um, you know, but he, you know, talking about chiropractors and, you know, we saw one guy, he was a, he was a specialist um, cranial chiropractor, you know, and he, and he had a look at uh, Fred and didn't even... You know, he, you know, so you wonder sometimes, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, we've, as you can imagine, I mean, was not that it's, you know, not that it, it's an issue, but we spent tens of thousands of dollars on all sorts of treatment. And, and uh, well, you're going to try anything, aren't you? You just try anything, mate. You just don't, you just yeah. keep throwing things at it. And then, and then as the years roll by, um, you know, with all the, you know, I mean, as, you know, we could be here for a couple of hours, mate, talking about all the therapies and, you know, things we've done. But, yeah. And um, in terms of, does it help? You know, I think you've always, we've always sort of looked backwards to try and see, you know, you say, well, gee, you know, six months ago he wasn't doing that and now look, he's mm-hmm. doing that, and even though there's small steps. He's getting there. Yeah, and for a few years there it was always, uh, you know, we were still looking for the cure. We were still, you know, it was yeah. at least three years we were still looking for the cure, you know, and, uh, and then right. gradually you realise that, it, you know, it is, there's no cure, autism's forever and... Um, you just got to um, keep searching for, you know, ignore, you know, we ignored the label of autism um, mm-hmm. and just focused really on his ability you know, or his inability to communicate. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Jason Smith and they say you never really leave Summer Bay and yes I'm lucky enough to be back but not as Robbie Hunter this time I am the host of the official podcast What is this place? Summer Bay Best flaming place in the world if you ask me The Home and Away podcast is your access all areas past to the entire entity that is Home and Away It's a place where I'll be talking with the makers and creators to discuss storylines, characters, and the history of the series. Subscribe to the Home and Away podcast on Acast or your favorite podcast platform. Murray, how how were others dealing with it? How were others, I guess, around him dealing with it? Was there was there understanding? Was there empathy? Oh, what was yeah, there? yeah. I think you know. Look, it's um, you know, it's 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 an invisible thing, really, Alex. That's the thing. You know, if you've got mm. a physical disability, you know, you break an arm or a leg or you know something, then people can see it and they go, "Oh, gee," and, and you know, you get better and it mends and you know, and you know, but yeah, when people, yeah, look, I suppose, I suppose overall, um, yeah, the level of support. Yeah, generally has been yeah disappointing, but um, and what do you what do you put that down to? I just don't. I just I think people just because it is an invisible thing. I mean, you know, if you look at Fred, yeah. he's actually um, he's a normal looking kid. You know, you know, I mean, I don't you know, there's no blame or anything. It's just you know, it's just a you're kind of on the journey really on your own. I mean, <laughs> the old adage, mate. You know, unless you walk some you know mile in someone's shoes, you don't really understand. So yeah, okay, okay, and I just want to talk to you, Murray, like about. The, the wider family were, were they accepting of it? Did they? Oh yeah. Well, well yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, Fred's pretty hard not to like. You know, yeah. he's always been. Um, and were they supportive? Uh, yeah, some more than others. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and again, it's not a blame thing at all. But one of Pam's sisters in Melbourne and her brother, uh, her husband, I mean, have been, um, uh, yeah, particularly supportive. But um, yeah. you know, my folks were supportive as much as you know again you can't you can't um no one can provide a solution that's right no one can no one can solve the, solve the puzzle you know just being a bloke you don't you don't sort of put your hand up and say um you know this is tough you know um exactly right you know, no we're, we're we're bad at that I'm, I'm, <laughs> no i'm struggling a bit with this and um you know it has been you know it has been a journey that's for sure and sometimes really tough but well, there's a lot of um carnage along the road you see people 
and we have, we've seen you know, marriages break up, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know, so. You sound as though you guys are pretty strong, though. Yeah, oh, mate, it's tested it. Don't worry about that. It's, um, yeah. It puts a whole different dimension on your relationship and you've just got to, um, you've also just got to, you know, I mean, we had to balance it as well because, I mean, when Fred was diagnosed, uh, well, so, well, we've got a daughter who's 18 months younger than Fred. Um, so pretty much, um, you know, when he was diagnosed, she was just a baby, Bridget. Mm. And, um, Gee, that's tough. And... Uh, yeah, and then we had another one when we um, when we well, we decided to move to Brisbane. We saw a um, uh, we actually saw something on a current affair. I think it was on a school in um, in uh, Brisbane, in Tree Pocket up here. Um, yeah, that's that their sole focus is on um, children with um, severe communication disorders. So, uh, said to uh, my wife, "You have a look at this," and, and she looked and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I said, "I said, well, we should have a look at that school." And she goes, and she yep. said, "Well, didn't they say it was in Brisbane?" I said. <laughs> I said, yeah, they did say I was in Brisbane. She said, well, we're living in Melbourne, you know. We're living in a nice house in Hampton and, you know, enjoy life down the you know, beachside Melbourne. Anyway, long story short, we um, it took a long – we came up and had a look and, had a, you know, and it took a long time to get him in. But anyway, he finally got in and, and, and we made the move up here and thinking that we'd be here for a couple of years and he'd be fixed, you know, and um, it'd all be good and, and uh, we'd go back to go back to Melbourne, you know. But you're still there. And here we are, mate. Yeah. And how have you how have you managed Fred growing up? Uh, has 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 there ever been any violence? Has there ever been any, you know, those really difficult times? Uh, look, he's you know fundamentally he's a gentle soul, you know. Yeah. Uh, luckily, um, but yeah, I mean, when he hit puberty, that was pretty scary. Um, it just he just something tripped, and for about um, six months or a little bit more, he was he was very hard to handle, you know, and he was. Um, yeah. You know, at one stage I had to drag him off my my wife. He was, you know, laying into her. You know, um, Gee. yeah. So I don't know what you know, like puberty. You know, we've got a teenage daughter, mate. At you know, thirteen, nearly fourteen. You know, it's, and that's it's, a difficult. That's a that's a hard situation there. Like, like, and how do you like when that's over? How do you go back to normal? You just you just got to got to brush it off, do you? It was it rattled us a bit, you know, particularly Pam, mm. you know. Um, for the first time ever, like she was on eggshells, and um, you know, we actually we actually put, had to put a um, a lock on the um, on the outside. You know, a couple of times we had to lock him in the bedroom. Um, but anyway, he, he came through, and it was pretty scary. Gee, um, and as you say, that 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 stuff can end marriages. Yeah, no, it uh, certainly tests them. You know, <laughs> That's tested sure. yours, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, anyway, it's um. And uh, you know the journey continues, mate. You know that's um. Mm. And how and how is he? Um. Well, how did that impact on him? You know that uh, those years. Oh God, I, I I can't imagine what what he was going through, let alone you guys. How was he handling it? Was he was he okay? Well, was he... that's you know that's um yeah. Hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to know because you know yeah. you know that's the thing with yeah. Fred. You can't um. Um. I mean, the irony is now, Alex, is that he can. Um, you know, he can read, he can write, um, mm. you know, comprehension is another thing. <laughs> but when he, yep. you know, give him a book and, he'll, you know, he, can, he doesn't sit down and read a book, they're all still, you know, maybe he's, he's the world's oldest Wiggles fan still. Um, <laughs> so his, his reading stuff is fairly basic, but he can read and he can write. Um, Excellent. So he does, he, he does lead a pretty normal life, would you say? Uh, yeah, fair. well, we've tried to make it as normal as possible, you know. I mean, now that he's out of school, he's, um, we've had to, um, 
you know, fine stuff for him to do. So, he, um, you know, I mean, three days a week now he goes to a centre called the McIntyre Centre, which is riding for the disabled. So he gets he's learned how to ride a horse and it's a great place to teach him basic sort of um, gardening and cooking skills and take him out on excursions and stuff, you know. He's, uh, he's happy at home. We've got a you know fairly big house with a big rumpus room down the bottom and pretty much that's Fred's space, you know. He's got his computer there and he's got his books and his videos and, you know, his own TV and everything. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose I suppose the thing is, um, you know, with Fred, he, he, he's very, very happy within himself, you know, but he doesn't have any mates. He's not, he doesn't, mm. um, but he doesn't know that he, he you know, is you know, mate, Fred. You know, ninety percent of the time's happy. He has his moments, but he's um, yeah. he's pretty much um, um, and he's you know, as I said, we've found things for him to do that he really likes doing, and good. Um, good. So as nor as as normal a life as he po- could possibly have, really. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. And and out of out of all the treatments and 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 whatever else you you're, you're doing with him, yeah. what's what's probably made the the biggest difference? What's what's helped the most? You reckon? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, look, probably, you know, look, definitely that those seven years at Glen Laden helped, um, and the five years at you know Western Suburbs, um, you know, so they've all helped. They've, you know, I, I suppose, um, you know, it's been, you know, if you said it was it worth coming up here for him to go to that school, I'd say yeah for sure. I mean, obviously he didn't, yeah. he didn't get cured. He didn't, you know, end up um, you know talking fluently, and but. Um, you know those those two schools that he went to, and as I said, and, and you know importantly over the last three or four years, um, he's been going to lots of different places. There's a there's a there's an organisation called um, Help up here, and Help evolved to now employ um, about 700 people. Fantastic. Uh, and about 550 of those have got a disability of some sort. Mm-hmm. So um, and they've merged with uh, this little McIntyre Centre, um, you know, where Fred goes to three days a week, which is. Um, but you know, so Fred does other stuff now. That's you know under the help banner. He goes to another place in Mitchelton. They teach him, you know, again, you know, life skills, basic life skills, and so that's the that's the challenge now. Alex. what um, you know, we're obviously um, I'm getting old, and um, you know, no one lasts forever, you know, and um, yeah. you know, so the so the big challenge and the, the thing on my mind most of the time now is um, you know, where's Fred going to be, you know, when we're gone, you know, we're not going anywhere, mm. you know, soon, but you know, you've got to. He's 21, so you've got to think about, um, you know, what's best for him. Um, uh, you know, he's he's been going to, there's a couple of places that he goes to now and I, um, you know, he has um, weekends away, you know, just to get his independence, you know. So our whole goal is for him to become as, um, as independent as he possibly can, you know. So we're starting to, you know, push the boundaries a bit now and push him out of his comfort zone, and, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, he's 21 now, isn't he? He's um, 21, he's mate. Truly in, into adulthood. Yeah, that's right. And I've got to ask, mm. yeah, I should ask you about um, the NDIS as well. Has that been a help or? Oh, it's been fantastic, mate. I mean, um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're not, um, we're not battlers, but, um, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, you know, financially, you know, over the years, it's been a bit of a strain, you know, but um, mm. yeah, just that uh, he's, you know, he's been fortunate, you know, to get some pretty significant NDIS funding, which enables, you know, like, for example, when he has his weekends away, you know, the short-term accommodation, um, you know, a couple of nights costs, you know, over two grand, you know. Just to, Gee. So, um, and he's doing that once a month now. So. Mm, that's not true. Uh, no, and all the therapies and, you know, you know the, um, yeah, the McIntyre, you know, all those sort of things, all that up, you know. 
but importantly, it sets him up to have a, um, uh, you know, to sort of again, you know, maxim, you know, maximise his ability really to, you know, so we're yeah. good. good. A lot of stuff. And I should ask you also, Murray, about um, your other kids and uh, Bridget and Haley. They're they're younger, yeah. yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah um, how how are they? How do they handle it? How do they go with? Uh, you know, they've well, they've grown up with it, Alex. You know, they've grown up with Fred. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But, look, overall, I'd say it's um, you know, they've, they've grown up with Fred, and he's just a you know part of their life. And but I'd say it's definitely had you know, um, you know, even subconsciously, it had has to have had a, an impact. That's for sure. Yeah. And I yeah. suppose they've seen the way we've. Uh, dealt, you know, with uh, with Fred and the situation, and which I think overall has been pretty good, you know. Um, so you know, give, you sound like you're doing a great job. Oh, great well, job! And, well, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back, but it, you know, it, no. you just, you know, people say, um, "Oh, you've done a great job." And if it, you know, the thing is, Alex, I mean, you've got kids, you know, you, you know, you take a bullet for them, really, you know. So totally, what do you yeah. do? You know, the, the flesh and blood, and you do whatever you have to do, you know. So um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no um, nothing, nothing we've done that's been heroic, but we've certainly made sure that we've um, left no stone unturned. You know, so. And I want to ask you, Murray, um, what's it taught you? What, what's having a, an autistic child taught you? I don't know. Oh, you have patience, you know, patience would be number one. You know, I think I'm pretty, you know, reasonably patient person. I've certainly tested the patience, you know, resilient. It definitely, you know. Um, has made me more empathetic. That's for sure. You know, because you, you yeah. see, you know, you see, um, there's always someone else, you know, worse off than yourself, really. And you look, you know, sometimes you see people and they're struggling with, you know, kids who are, you know, seriously physically disabled or, you know, or or on the, you know, the autism spectrum is is vast. And um, you know, Fred's probably somewhere in the middle. And um, you know, yep. at the, um, you know, at the extreme end, you know, there's some terrible, you know, sense some terrible, you know. Um, you know, some people really ha- struggle with a lot more than we do. Mm. And so, how is life now? How is he going? Now, yeah, mate, he's good. You yeah, know, he's happy. He's, um, you know, as yeah. I said, he's he's a, he's, a, he's a pretty happy kid generally. You know, and um, you know, we keep him busy. And and what's your advice, Murray? What, what, what's your advice to to you know to dads out there that are well, I guess getting the diagnosis and also you know in the middle of sort of the autism journey. Just don't give up hope. Just aim, aim to aim to aim to maximise your you know child's potential. You know that should be your goal. Do whatever you can. You know with, with um, you know whatever resources you've got to um, make stuff happen. Because you do have to push. You know think, you know and you do have to you know even you still got to go out and and search for stuff. You know you've got to you've got to be proactive and pragmatic and and try not to fall in a heap. You know which is easier said than done. I know, but just. Focus on the ability that you that your child or the abilities that your child's got, not you know, not for disability. That's that's that'd be my my advice. This has been so good. We really appreciate it. It's um, it's wonderful advice, and it's just so nice to hear hear your story. And I think a lot of dads will appreciate it. So, oh, thanks, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Alex. Thanks, Murray. Fred's story is not uncommon, and as a parent, of course, you'll do anything for your child, and Murray and Pam have done everything, and they really continue to do so. It's taken its toll, of course it has, but they've managed to live a normal life and to provide all three of their kids with an environment that they've really thrived in. A lot of the issues that Murray discussed with us, I put to Professor Tony Atwood. Tony's a psychologist who has written multiple books on autism and speaks and lectures around the world about his findings and his own personal experience of autism. 
Autism describes someone who in life has found something more interesting and enjoyable than socializing. In many ways, the greatest advances in science and art have been made by people with autism. So we need people with autism. Otherwise, we would still be in caves talking to each other. In the next part of Being Dad, Living with Autism, which is in your feeds right now, we find out how we, as dads, can find ways of coping with the shock of a diagnosis and learn to recognise, I guess, that autism is not always disabling, but it can and often is a very positive experience for the families who live with these very special humans. I've often heard fathers say that it's one of the best things to happen to them. Truly. You can find all the details of my chat with Murray in the show notes and links to resources that really could help you on your journey. Subscribe to Being Dad wherever you get your podcasts and please share this episode with anyone you think might benefit from hearing Murray talk about his experience of being dad to Fred. If you'd like any more info, check out autismawareness.com.au. They've got really great resources for parents who are new to the diagnosis, who've just been told that their child has autism. Get along, have a look at that website. And there's also some great info about the NDIS and a really cool video about dads with autistic children. I suggest you have a look. It's wonderful. Coming up, part two of Being Dad, Living with Autism. I'm Alex Cullen. This was a Seven West podcast. The producer is Jake Taylor. Nikki Hamilton is our executive producer. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.